Welcome to PDPW's podcast. Well, uh, good morning, friends. This is uh, Tom Thibodeau, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University, lifetime friend of farmers, come from a long farming background that goes back to my grandparents and great-grandparents who immigrated to this country and began farming in Wisconsin, and I find myself to be a steward of their heritage and legacy of serving people of the land, our community and our people who need to be reminded of their goodness and a commitment to a good greater than ourselves, to remind you how significant your work is each and every day, how important your family is how important our community are to the health and well-being of all of us. And so each week we select a different topic that may be of interest, a common interest to all of us. And today I'd like to talk about the common experience of summer. This last summer we've been focusing a great deal about temperatures and we've been focusing on climate change and forest fires. And Maybe what we've forgotten is how important summer is to children. Summertime and the living is easy. I remember growing up listening to that music that my father would play. Roll out those hazy, lazy, crazy days of summer. Those days of soda and friendship and beer. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. And you begin to recognize that we all have summertime memories, a time in which we'd slow down, maybe spend time with family, play a softball game, be at the lake, a time for picnics and family gatherings, all those summertime memories. As I think back, I remember riding bikes to the park and playing baseball all day long. We grew up in Wisconsin Rapids, and the river ran right through town, and our ball diamond was right along the river, and we played for as long as we could until, or until we lost every baseball into the river and weren't able to retrieve them. Our challenge was to, to play all day long. We'd bring a sandwich, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for for lunch, maybe an apple, but that would be a stretch. And we play a double header in the morning and a double header in the afternoon. And you started off by playing in the right field if you are a younger person, and then you kind of work your way up to different places where the ball might be hit more frequently until maybe one day you might be a pitcher or a catcher. And all kids would organize ourselves. We didn't have uniforms, we didn't have coaches. We had older players who would teach us how to play ball. We'd throw a bat back to each other and we put our hands on top of each other and then whoever got to the top would put their fingers around the the, the top of the bat and call bottle cap and then you'd get the first pick and you'd pick each child right on down and as you were younger you were the people who got picked last I got picked last for a lot of years I was not a big kid I was not a fast kid I made up for my lack of size with my slowness but I sure enjoyed playing ball by the time I left I was catching I can remember going fishing along the river, catching bullheads and carp, because at that point uh, the river was um, was polluted by the th- discharges of the paper mills or by waste treatment plants that hadn't been developed at that point. But boy, was it fun catching a bullhead or a carp and bringing it to the shore and unhooking the hook and how many times did the hook go through our thumb and we would yell and 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 complain, but then the next day we're looking for worms and ways which go back fishing. 
I can remember building forts in the woods. We'd pick up branches and we'd take odd pieces of, of wood and we'd build forts, uh, kind of playhouses in the trees. Like we call them fancy tree houses today. But as kids, we just could find places where we could play. And then in our imagination, we'd hide from each other and see if we could find each other and see what how long we could stay in a pine tree. One day I spent all afternoon in a pine tree came down at the end of the night all full of pitch, but very happy. I can remember riding bikes to the to parks in town and playing with kids from other neighborhoods, getting to know people in our community, kids who did not go to my school. But when children play, a pecking order evolves, and we know to find our place. There was nobody to break up fights. We had to navigate and negotiate our conflicts with each other, but we all did it because we wanted to continue to play. I can remember cutting grass with a rotary blade hand mower, how difficult that was. And at the end of cutting grass, you'd look around and you'd still see sprigs of grass sticking up because the mower wasn't quite sharp enough to cut it. I remember my neighbor, Charlie Mullen, coming over with a hand file, helping me to file down the the, the blades on that hand mower so it could cut just a little more easily. Boy, was it a big day when my dad finally got a gas-powered mower, but unfortunately that didn't come until I was a senior in high school. I can remember being outside playing till dark, one o'clock and the ghost ain't here, and kids would run and hide in the dark and then squeal with the light as we ran to a, a safe place on someone's porch, only to be called in at dark when our parents could still hear us but couldn't see us, and they would call us in, and we'd come in, and we'd wash up real quickly. And then I'd go down to our basement room, and in my basement bedroom with my brother, we had an AM radio. I had gone along to where the telephone repairmen were working and picked up loose pieces of wire, constructed an antenna that went up the wall of the basement, climbed on a ladder, got it attached to the antenna on the house, and at night would turn on that AM radio and tune in baseball games from Milwaukee. Chicago and St. Louis. Oh, was it exciting. I can remember how excited I was when the Braves played the Dodgers on the West Coast and the games would go well into one o'clock in the morning. And I'd get up in the morning excited to do it all again. Many men my age still have one of their first baseball gloves, a sacred remnant of summers gone by. We don't get rid of them because we remember how important it was to play and interact. And yet, today, how many of us who are adults do not even take time for vacation? I would ask uh, people who are listening today, when's the last time you rode a bike? When's the last time you played catch? When's the last time you turned on the radio on the front porch and listened to a baseball game? broadcast on AM radio. These wonderful summertime memories. I don't suppose that many of my childhood memories have much in common with the children of today who play um, in so many other ways, often inside and sometimes I would imagine, if not most of the time, electronically. They're not caught out in the out in natural world 
Richard Louv, who's a marvelous writer and researcher, has written a book, Leave No Child Inside, he writes, and how important it is because our children need more contact with the natural world. When many of us grew up, all we could think about was being outside, and even when it rained, we'd find ways in which to be creative within our garages or places where we might find shelter. But the children of today and myself as a 72-year-old grandpa do share one common summer experience. And that shared summer experience is altruism. Altruism. The desire to do something good for others with no hope of return. Altruism. A generosity of spirit that transcends place and time. Well, how do we practice altruism? Well, the children of today, like the children of my day, have lemonade stands. We go in the house and we get instant lemonade, mix it up. Maybe if you were lucky, your mother might give you a little extra sugar or a real lemon to put in it, but mostly not. You'd mix it up and you'd see if you could wrangle some ice out of the house and you'd come out and we might have a cooler to keep the ice, but mostly not, and set up a table. And on that table, we'd put a sign, lemonade for sale, 10 cents a glass. And we'd sit there all day long and maybe at the end of the day, we'd make a few cents, maybe even over a dollar. And then our parents would say, what do you want to use that dollar for? And you'd think about somebody in the community who might be able to use a dollar or two, and we'd give it away. You didn't have a lemonade stand because you were going to get rich or rewarded. You did it because it was fun. It was an opportunity to give back. Well, yesterday I had coffee with a couple of friends, and we began to reminisce. And my friend told me how he was driving down the block and he saw these two young girls out in front having a lemonade stand. And he stopped. It was a hot day and their stand was under a tree in their yard and they had a little glass of ice and just like back in the day, a plastic picture. And they said, would you like a glass of lemonade? He said, yes, I would. He said, girls, why are you doing this? And they said, well, we want to earn money to help children who can't pay for their school lunches. These two young girls were aware that they had friends at school who were food insecure, friends at school who rely on breakfast and lunch as their food source in the course of a day because their parents are not able or um, not available to fix meals for them. And there's many children like that in our schools And these two young girls wanted to sit out on a 90-degree day and sell lemonade for other children. And my friend was so impressed and inspired by the young people, he gave them a $10 bill. He asked them to hold the bill between themselves, and he took a picture of the two young girls with a $10 bill. He put it on his Facebook page, And a friend of his, within 10 minutes, wrote back and said, I'm not going to let you be the only person to be generous today. I am going to take your $10, and I'm going to give them 100 
And the gentleman drove over to where the girls were selling lemonade, and he gave them 100 and they held the $100 bill between them, and he took a picture and posted it on Facebook. Well, those two little girls in the course of the day raised $732. $732 so that their classmates can have lunch. Now, for our audience who are oftentimes farmers, those two little girls are only able to help pay lunch because people like yourselves are working during these summer days producing the food that become school lunches. Altruism, good other than ourselves with no expect of return. And then the woman who was sitting with us having coffee said, my six-year-old son last week wanted to sell root beer floats. He was kind of sitting around not knowing what to do, and he came up with this idea by himself. We had some ice cream, and we had some root beer, and uh, so we got him set up outside. It seemed to be an awful messy way in which to, and he put up a sign that he was selling root beer floats, and a gentleman stopped and said, well, why are you doing this? He said, I'm trying to raise some money for the children at the Boys and Girls Club who don't have enough money to sign up for sports. Their parents can't afford them to, for them to play ball uh, because they can't afford the 5 or $10 it takes to register, and so he wanted to help out the Boys and Girls Club. Here are children paying attention to the real needs of their colleagues, real needs of other children for lunch and the opportunity to play ball. Well, what happened is that... The, the man was just so impressed, he gave the young boy 20, and the man behind it gave him another 20. And at the end of the day, the young man had sold out his Rit Beer floats and made over $340 so that other children are able to participate at the Boys and Girls Club. Now, you can't make a Rit Beer float unless you have ice cream, ice cream produced by the milk of cows, and then brought to a creamery and whipped up into that wonderful frozen dessert that we all enjoy. Do you see how all of our lives are connected by threads of goodness? That children at play really reveal themselves. Plato said the work of children is play. Plato also went on to say is that a person's true identity is revealed in play, in leisure, in altruism, the way in which we use our time to benefit the lives of others. And there's so much goodness each and every day. One final story. A friend of mine who works with people who are unsheltered in the, in the city of La Crosse, people who don't have a place to live, rents are high, the problem with, um, uh, with addiction or a problem with the lack of rent, all kinds of different ways why people don't have a place to live. And she brings levels of comfort to people. A lot of cold water this winter, maybe mixed with a little bit of lemonade. She brings us socks and she brings T-shirts and she brings uh, sandwiches when the food is do donated. Trying to care, take care of our brothers and sisters. A friend of hers who is teaching at a vacation Bible school asked her to come and talk to her kids at Bible school. And the kids were going to put together uh, little 
care packages that would have maybe some socks and gummy bears and uh, wet wipes, you know, some things that would help people be comfortable as they stay outside during these summer days. And one little 10-year-old girl said, I'd like to come and work with you. And then she said, I work cheap, one package of gummy bears an hour, and I'll do whatever you need me to do. She said, well, I thank you very much, but you're awful young to be coming with me in the car, but I appreciate what, what do you need? The young girl said, and my friend said, well, the people need toothpaste. Great, she said. My dad's a dentist, and I bet he's got lots of toothpaste. She said, well, let me talk to your teacher, recognizing the boundaries there. But she saw this enthusiasm in this young 10-year-old girl, and she said to her, tell me, what is it that you want to be when you grow up? And this little girl pulled herself up and with a great big smile, and she said, I want to be a five-star human being. Isn't that great? I want to be a five-star human being. Well, at age 10, you're selling lemonade so other kids can have school lunch. At age six, if you're making rip your floats so other kids can play sports. At age 10, if you want to make sure that people have toothpaste, you're on your way to becoming a five-star human being. Summertime, where the living is easy, and children provide all of us hope. May we all, may we all aspire to becoming five-star human beings. And summertime's a great time to start. Our thanks to Tom Thibodeau for today's message. Tom, a distinguished professor of servant leadership at Viterbo University. And for archived podcasts and more on-demand programs, and for more on the professional development for today's dairy producer, head to PDPW's free website at pdpw.org. Until next time, have a safe and productive week.